Hello and welcome to Inside the Squad, a podcast produced by the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Inside the Squad is a community outreach podcast and is hosted by Lieutenant Scott Galloway and Specialist Ian O'Shields of the Crime Prevention Unit within the department. Our goal is to bring you an interesting, informative, and educational podcast by featuring interviews with officers and other public safety personnel. We hope you enjoy today's episode as we give you an inside look at law enforcement. Welcome to the special edition of Inside the Squad, where we're going to be streaming live on Facebook. We decided to do this so we could answer your questions in real time. With us today, as always, we have Lieutenant Scott Galloway. We have Sergeant Will Carpenter of the traffic division or hallway. <laughs> and we have Lieutenant A.J. Milady, and then myself, Ian Shields. So we'll be streaming live for about a half hour. Uh, please send us your questions and we'll answer to the best of our ability. Hopefully we can answer it. We have a lot of knowledge up here. Um, so we can go ahead and kick this off. We have Patty as well. I'm sorry, Patty. That's okay. She's with us as well. We can't forget her. <laughs> so good morning. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are streaming live on the city's Facebook page because the Lafayette Police Department does not currently have a Facebook page. But uh, we did want to give viewers this opportunity to feel a little bit more connected to the police. Sometimes you have questions that you don't know where to go to. They're just basic questions. Uh, sometimes you want to, you have a pressing need to know something, but it's not an emergency, so you don't know who to call or who to ask. We want you to feel like uh, these guys are approachable. All of your police department is approachable. They're friendly people, and they're willing to uh, talk to you just anytime you see them. We do have a list of questions that came in ahead of time so that we can get started off with before somebody uh, types one in. So I think I'll start with one of the – Ian, did you have a question? No. Okay, we're not taking the questions list was from just so you. Because Lieutenant Milady's a little nervous, so we wanted to make sure we had questions so he can get warmed up in this process. This is the first time we've done this, right, right. gentlemen? Yes. Okay. Right. And Lieutenant Milady hasn't seen these questions. It's they're not, true. I mean, you know, we want you to know. We want not you to know. for me. That's true. No, That's no, true. they're not. We're not. So one of the previous questions that was sent in uh, has to do with city ordinance. It says, my neighbors play loud music into the night. What is the noise ordinance, and do I go to you for that? I think that's a great one for Sergeant Carpenter. Let's hear Sergeant Carpenter. Well, I thought I was taking the ones that are involving traffic. That does, that's somewhat traffic. So right. the or, I'm not really sure what the time. The ordinance, I believe, is 10 o'clock for noise ordinances. Uh, those can be extended for special events, but that's done by the Board of Works. But the biggest thing is if there's a noise that is disrupting the neighborhood, no matter what time, if there's a, any type of a, a noise disrupting you or the neighborhood, report it. Uh, we, we can respond. Uh, ideally, that's something that you could speak to your neighbor about, and hopefully that could be taken care of amongst yourselves. But uh, if it can't, please make sure that well, – does that count as an uh? It does. Okay. Uh, then uh, we, we can respond and hopefully take care of that issue for you. So. And that, that's the thing. It's all about being reasonable. We all have to live together. So, you know, live in harmony – if it's too loud, you know what, what would I want to what would I want to listen to if my neighbor was having a party or or listening to loud music or whatever. So uh, it's all about being reasonable. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's different things as well, such as barking dogs. There's specifics when it comes to barking dogs and how long those dogs are are allowed to bark before we can actually take action. There's 
things such as construction that certain times of the day those are those can't can and can't occur all those are related to noise lawn mowing is one of them especially now when it gets hot people starting to mow their grass at nine o'clock in my neighborhood uh, still light out that's about yeah, the time definitely. I'm going to bed about the time the others are going to bed so I understand those things so we try to be all right thank you and we've had comments already coming in saying that we need to speak up so let's all uh, get friendly with all our right. microphones um, <clears throat> good morning that. Garth Rob and Kelly thanks for joining us um, another question that came in ahead of time has to do with um, neighbors parking in front of my house. This uh, writer said, it's the street. I understand it's street parking, but it's right in front of my house. How can I make them stop that? So you, you can't uh, control on-street parking. For your, I mean, it's available for anybody that uh, can park there legally. So if, um, there are ordinances in place where you have to have your car properly uh, registered and can't store it on the street but um, just because your house uh, that car is in front of your house um, doesn't mean you own that parking spot so people sometimes will put out lawn chairs or things in front of their house to avoid people parking there and and you can't do that people can park on the street anywhere but they cannot store their cars on the street all right thank you how about this one aren't bonfires illegal in the city any open fire is uh, illegal in the city, yes. What about fire pits? Um, and I'm not sure that would be a LFD question, but I think uh, they're, they're, any open fire, you can, you can have a fire pit. No, any open fires, they do not fire want them going on. Okay. Yeah, Even if you have a nice fire pit and it looks nice and you have it contained, they don't want that. I've seen them bring the whole truck out there and hose that bad boy yeah. down. So Right, uh, and I think that goes back to being a good neighbor because if one of your neighbors has a condition where smoke bothers them or if your fire is a little bit, how you say? Too robust. 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 That's a good like word, that. Will. Thank you. Um, you want to probably keep it uh, to where you're considerate of everyone around you. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see. I've got another one here. Um, a writer says, I wasn't speeding, but I got pulled over for things hanging from my rear view mirror. What's up with that? Were you just trying to trap me? I, you know, we, we get these questions a lot, unfortunately. Um, I don't want to say unfortunately. I, we weren't there. You know, we weren't there. So, uh, you know, why you got pulled over, if that's the reason, that's not a reason that I'm aware of that we can pull you over. Now, there are... Um, there are some infractions to where you can't have uh, what's the word on obstructions. Word? Obstructions. Thank you. So if that was the case, I don't know if you had like a giant. I don't know. Do they make like huge uh, trees? Nice. You know those insects. Nice. Yeah. Trees. Maybe that's maybe that's why they pulled you over. But uh, as far as yeah, if it was an obstruction and they felt it was an obstruction, then maybe that's why you got pulled over. Uh, no, I don't believe anybody was trying to entrap you. So. And I, I'd like to add something on that. It, to expound on what you said prior to, we often get these questions. We don't understand. We don't know the context, and what we find is, in that moment when people get pulled over, sometimes they don't hear everything that's being said. They will take certain snippets of a conversation between themselves and officers, but uh, they maybe don't understand the complete reason. So, understanding that context and. Uh, is really important when we get those types of questions. Otherwise, it's difficult for us to answer 
And I would say don't be afraid to ask the officer, hey, can you, can you elaborate why I'm getting pulled over or whatnot? Because they, they'll let you know. They'll, they'll let you know why. All right, thank you. One of our followers named Rob sent a question in a little bit ago, a little while ago, who said, if I'm being pulled over, if I look in the rearview mirror and I see lights, should I pull over immediately on the street or should I continue on for a short while until I find a parking lot or something to go? I don't want to make anybody angry, but what is the proper procedure to follow? So no normally when officers are getting ready to make a traffic stop, they'll pick the location that they want the person to stop, and they might follow that person for a few blocks before they actually pick that location. So anytime you're being followed by a police officer and they initiate their lights, that means they want you to stop right now. They don't want you to look for a place to stop. They don't want you to look for a parking lot. That's, the, that's your cue to, okay, I'm getting pulled over. Oh, boy, the nerves start going a little the 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 heart starts beating a little bit faster but when those lights come on it's time to pull over so you get that little sweat bead across your forehead yeah, absolutely. and it's, oh no they're really after me exactly but we know it might not always be speeding right Correct. could be an equipment issue and that's kind of why you'll see if you've ever been pulled over before the officer may be following you like why are they following me or why are they following me for so long because we are trained we try to pick the spot like lieutenant Milady said so that's maybe why we follow you for x amount of time before we actually turn the lights on and initiate the stop so and don't slam on your brakes uh, a lot of times people see the lights and they'll slam on their brakes um, we don't want to cause a, a crash so coast over turn your turn signal on right so for a citizen i mean that's an unusual case and so they've got adrenaline going and they've got nerves and it's like it's it's unsettling <clears throat> for police officers it's an everyday okay, thing I right this is just another that. encounter yeah mm -hmm which is a nice little lead into a question that comes up occasionally. Do you have quotas? Hmm. I'll no. answer that. Okay, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> we do have expectations. We expect officers to be out there making contact with citizens and those contacts sometimes are traffic stops. Not all the time. Sometimes they're speak to subjects, speak to persons that are out walking around. We expect officers to be out there making contact with individuals of the city, but we do not have quotas for traffic stops. All right. Tickets either, so we have to get contacts, but they don't have to be, they don't have to be tickets. Correct. Can be warnings, notes to repairs, yes. things like that. Thank you. Um, our viewer, Jen, has a question. She says, what are some of the community programs you do to bridge LPD with community members? Ian, can you answer that for us? Well, I'm going to start with the foot pursuit because. <sighs> come on, come on. <laughs> foot pursuit it was what? awesome. Foot pursuit. Five K. Five K. So the LPD foot pursuit five K that Sergeant Carpenter loved. Uh, he I loved it. He participated in. My whole family so, did. Well, the first and foremost, yes, we or we created the LPD uh, foot pursuit five K. It was over at SIA this year, and more than likely will be there for 2019. Uh, it was an event, a wellness, uh, I'm sorry, a community outreach slash wellness slash uh, raise money for the Hartford House uh, event, and it was very successful. And just to get anybody and everybody out there to mingle with the police, to raise money for a good cause, to help children in need, and to get your sweat on, right? Run a 5K. And the pull-up challenge. We had the SWAT pull-up challenge. Was, I was super excited about We had a crowd. We had people cheering each other on. Just 
it, it was awesome. So that will, yes, sir. Oh, so what was the, the, the caller's, uh, the viewer's name? Jen. Jen. So along with what Ian said, um, coming up, we have the national night out on July 30th at the Aviators game. And we do outreach programs. We, we, our goal this year was 365 outreach events. So to bridge that gap, um, we want our guys, me, Ian, and um, Sergeant Guard doing something every day to do a talk, canine demonstration. Um, every day we want to be doing something to bridge that gap. So we're on boards. This, our outreach unit really tries to do a good job of making that connection because that's important. And so obviously I got excited about the foot pursuit. <laughs> So we also will be at events, like Lieutenant Galloway said. If you want us out at your event, we'll, we'll be there. If you want training, we'll be there. All you got to do is get a hold of me. Just call dispatch. They'll forward you to my voicemail. Uh, we don't do birthday parties, me. though. We don't do birthday, we don't do birthday parties. Birthday parties. <laughs> Unless they get out of hand. <laughs> Unless they get out of hand. That's when they show up, yeah. But uh, we're, we're a part of this community. We want to be a part of this community as much as possible. So if you have a business event, organization event, and you want the police there, just get a hold of us again if you want training uh, of any any kind. Rad. Uh, rad, we have rad. Um, right, right coffee, coffee with the cop. cop. I mean, we we just have so many events that we try to get out there and be a part nice. of the community. So if you have an idea that we haven't thought of, please get a hold of me, and we'll see if if it pans out. So right, and you can always follow LPD on Twitter and see all these items. We do at the city try to uh, cross post them for them, but there are so many things going on. We don't want to, we don't want anything to get lost in the shuffle. So you should follow us on all social media platforms: City of Lafayette and Lafayette Police Department. I've had another question come in from Rachel, who says they live in a nice neighborhood, has have a neighbor down the street that clutters his yard with garbage, car parts, and RV. Um, his garage is missing a door, and he uses power tools late at night with bright lights. What can we do? I want to say, first of all, this is a great example of how the city of Lafayette integrates with the police department, because part of this would be code enforcement. Yes. Um, but would anyone like to address this specifically? I can. The Definitely code enforcement would take care of things like, such as the trash and disrepair in the home the loud noise with power tools there is an ordinance police department's primarily going to respond to that the issue that we often run into is you've kind of had it up to the proverbial here when you've called the police and we get to then show up and we, we start out like you do we down here and then after a while we move up to here as well so i wouldn't expect on our first appearance to deal with that problem for someone to get a ticket or something of that sort we'll try to counsel that person and if it were to continue then we would uh, take progressive enforcement which is nice of the uh the book uh, two book uh officers are what you call them officers are um former police officers so please explain boca uh building ordinance code enforcement um and like i said both of those individuals are former police officers so they know our part of the job and they know um you know that part as well so right and for code enforcement uh the city's website has a link to city code 
with a very powerful search engine. So you can search on a keyword and find a specific code. And it has the action center where you can report items. If you happen to log into that with an email address before you report an item, then you will be notified of its progress through the system. Everything that is reported on the action center goes to one specific resource. Um, and those people have to follow up on it at if your email address is there, they can contact you for clarification or anything like that. The Action Center really is a wonderful resource, and I would encourage everyone to bookmark that page on the city's website. And, and one last thing. We encourage people to report those types of things uh, to code enforcement, tall grass, houses in disrepair, anything that's a blight on your neighborhood or a blight on the city. Please report it. Hopefully we can investigate it and take some sort of action to help clean up those neighborhoods and keep the city nice. Great. Hey, we got a fun question here. Any plans? Why did you look at me when you said that? Uh, because you're the fun Because one. you're the tall one and that you're in my line of vision. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. Any plans to get a few officers on motorcycles? Motorcycles. Motorcycles. Not, not in the near future. Uh, we do have uh, like a 1970s Kawasaki that Officer Tislow will take to events, but no plans to get... Um, like West Lafayette does have a couple more cycle officers. There's no plans for us to, to do that in the near future that, that I know of. Um, it's a good resource, but we do have bike patrol officers that try to um, get into downtown events. Ian's one of those. So we, we do a bike patrol. Um, pretty robust with that. No motorcycles in the, in the near term, no. Okay. Good morning, Tracy. Good to see you. Um, hey, here's a question. Chelsea says, it seems like the Lafayette Police Department is mostly made up of male officers. I was wondering if you could tell us what the ratio of male to female officers is, and if you're trying to increase the female ratio at all. And we can go ahead and expand that to other diversity groups, not just females. Can you answer that hiring, Lieutenant? Hiring. Yes, I can. So we recruit officers or we recruit applicants from all over the state all over surrounding states. We've been to several career fairs at colleges in Indiana. So we're, re we're recruiting out there. Now, when we get applicants that come in, we're, we want the best applicants out of that group. And during the hiring phase, there's certain things that take place. There's written tests, there's a physical test. And the people that perform best at, written, at the written test, the physical test, the background, the polygraph, all of those, things that take place during the hiring process, those are the ones that get hired. Now, in regards to the ratio between how many male officers we have versus how many female officers we have, I'm not exactly sure what that ratio is. We do have quite a few more male officers than we do have female officers. And I really can't explain why, why that is. We, every time we have an application process, we have some female officers that put in. However, some of them make them, some of them don't. The ratio for the applicants that are coming in, that the ratio for applicants from male to female, there's always more male than there are female. Again, we want the best applicants. We're going to try to get more, more female officers, more diverse officers to apply. But again, it's who's, who's, I guess, applying themselves the best when they go through that process. Thank you. That was a very complete answer. Ian, did you have something to add? Well, a couple things. So I was doing the tally. I, I believe we have seven female officers and there's about 150 officers. Mm -hmm. And you looked at me funny. Am I wrong? I believe there's seven females. Um, also, are we hiring? 
We are hiring. Oh, really? How could I apply? Applications are can be downloaded from our website at LafayettePolice.us, and they are due September 27th. And then we are going to have a testing, physical and written, at our training center, 1301 South Street, at 8:30 in the morning on December 6th, which is a Saturday. So if you're applying, please make sure your application is complete and that you can complete the physical fitness exam. And that application takes a long time to complete. Don't wait until the last minute. Yes, and make sure it's complete, because if it's not complete, you can't take the test. Right, and it's not just staying up all night completing it. You have to gather information and right. Right. It takes paperwork. It takes, I mean, if, that, if that's your sole focus to complete that, it's going to take at least a week to, to gather all the information that goes in it. I'd agree. Okay, well, we've had a comment from one of the viewers who um, is asking about something that's maybe a little bit sensitive, um, discrimination and misbehavior from officers. We have administrative officers here, people who wear different colored badges. Can you tell us a little bit about what happens when um, a complaint is entered against an officer? Sure. So there, there are different types of complaints. Um, the, the most the frequent complaint we get it would be discourtesy. And discourtesy would be uh, an, an officer that um, may use an appropriate word or language. Or um, a lot of times those end up being questions of why the officer did the certain thing he did. One thing to keep in mind, though, is we have body-worn cameras. And that is um, so we can make sure that we're doing the... the um, quality work, treating people correctly, um, treating everybody right. So a complaint uh, of that nature would go to the shift commander. Uh, anything higher than that would come to my office. And uh, the reality is, is that most of the complaints that we deal with as, as a higher level complaint starts in the police department. So that is us making sure that our officers are following the uh, rules and regulations, policies. So we oftentimes are the ones, the majority of the time, that start those investigations. So the, uh, the complaints of discourtesy or questions about why I got a ticket or didn't get a ticket, um, those things go to shift command. Those larger complaints come in administrative services. And again, we, we want to make sure we have a good police department that's ethical. And so we monitor that and we start our own investigations. Thank you. Uh, it's time to go to one of the pre-submitted questions. This might be a rapid-fire question. It might not. Can you make my ex-husband return my kids on time after his weekend with them? Hmm. Hmm. Who wants to take that one? That's a, that'd be a civil matter, right? It's, 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 it's a civil matter. It's a, it's a touchy topic. So do we come in and most, most of the time they have go by parent guidelines. So you got a divorce or, or whatever the case may be, but – the judge has ordered, hey, you guys are going to go by the parental guidelines. Um, if the father, it was the father, right? Father doesn't return the, the kids on time. Are we going to walk into their house and take the kids away and give them mother? No. Because like Lieutenant Galloway said, it is a civil issue. You are the parents. They're, you know, as long as they're not in any danger, obviously, uh, there's no... Uh, extenuating circumstances to where we feel we really truly need to step in and there's a criminal matter uh, we always say you know get a hold of your lawyer they'll get a hold of the courts they'll go to courts and you'll end up taking care of it that way um, so I guess the simple answer is no we're not going to affect an arrest we're not going to and this is we could 
go down a rabbit hole with this. I think we can agree. But for the most part, if he just doesn't return them on time, you need to get a hold of your lawyer. You need to document it. And then you end up needing to take them to civil court. So, But I wouldn't hesitate in calling the police. I mean, a Correct. lot of times Correct. when we have issues like that, officers are able to come out. De-escalate. Care, de-escalate the problem, mitigate the problem, talk to everybody. And then fix the issue. So just because we're not going to take any type of criminal action doesn't mean that you shouldn't call us and have us come out and kind of work through the problem with you. Because more times than not, that's what we do. More times than not, when we get called, we help people work through the situation as a neutral third party. So if you have something like that that's going on, especially when kids are involved, give us a call. We'll come out. We'll walk us walk you through. And we can take a report too, so it documents Absolutely. the time and the day you called. So um, that's also helpful if you go to court for that. And okay, great. Um, here is a question from a user or, or watcher, Ryan, who says he lives in one particular community. I guess if the comments are still there afterwards, you guys can look it up yourselves. Uh, he says there seems to be increasing patrols in the area, searching the area with spotlights. Is there an increase in crime in the area, and should I up my security? Yeah, we'd have to probably know what area it is to All right. validate. Edgelia, near CC, Central Catholic. Um, so that might have been a um, an instance where, again, we have to talk to the caller but or the <clears throat> viewer of what's going on at that point. So maybe we were searching for somebody on a traffic stop that ran away. Who knows? Um, or what crimes are happening in that area. We do have something called Command Central, which we can look, and we often do, is what crimes are happening in what locations. So that's something we can easily check. The viewer has access to that, too, can see what kind of crimes are going on in that neighborhood to pinpoint, okay, what we were looking for. Because officers would use their spotlights to look for specific things that are going on, right. not just in general driving around. So I can, I can sign up for this what, Command Central? Yep. Command Central? Uh, yep, you can just Google that. and um, I think it's called Crime Reports. Crime reports. For, the, for the citizen side, it's yeah. Crime Reports. And you can get heat maps of where crimes have happened. Uh, all of our data goes into that. So anything, any report we've gone on, you can um, access that. And weekly emails with a report mm-hmm. for your neighborhood. Yes. And, and I will say, that when I would work Midnight Patrol, the one thing, if I was going through a neighborhood, especially neighborhoods where we received complaints, all the lights came on. Spotlight, alley lights, and... I wanted as many people to know that I was in their neighborhood patrolling and just so they knew the police were there because a lot of times we're there and they don't know. Well, and real quick, and not only that, the the darkest places, if somebody's going to commit a crime, that's where they're going to hang out. They don't want to be seen. They don't want anybody to know they're there. They obviously don't know want them to know who they are. Uh, so we use those big, especially with those LEDs. I mean, those will light up. That's a, a good whole reminder neighborhood. For to put their lights on, their, uh, their porch those, lights on. Correct. Yeah, that's why. We, yeah, absolutely. Leave your leave your porch lights on. It does help deter crime. Uh, but we use our lights. We use our tools to to look into those areas where we think that somebody could potentially hide or commit a crime. Well, we've got a couple questions coming in that uh, about civil matters versus criminal matters. Um, I'm reading between the lines here. Someone has some frustration. Uh, Pam says, why is the answer always a civil matter? I have a neighbor that drove through my yard, and you could see the tire tracks, and that's what the officer told me. Um, Ruth has a question about neighbors and feral cats. Um, just want to remind people that uh, police officers are here to uphold the law. Uh <laughs> As a, as a society, we have laws that you must abide by, but not all laws are 
criminal in nature or not not all offenses are criminal in nature. Uh, we do need our police out there making sure that we're safe. We so the, the question about driving through somebody's yard, um, we'd have to be there, like Ian said at the very beginning. We're not there seeing this, but on the surface, if somebody drives through somebody's yard, that could be uh, criminal, mischief. criminal mischief. It could be, but not they, necessarily. They have to do it on purpose. There, there are elements that we have to meet, and it's not just the purposeful intent. There are additional elements within criminal mischief, and those are the things that people don't necessarily understand if they're not familiar with those statutes. And then there's also other things that uh, we have to uphold. So just because it is, even if we determine it's a crime, doesn't mean that we can necessarily take action at that time. Is it mean? Is it wrong? You know, absolutely. And we get that. And I think we can all agree here that there's times where we get frustrated because we see that something's wrong, but we can't necessarily enforce any action at the moment. Um, it's, it could be something we've dealt with many, many times, but unfortunately we just haven't gained the probable cause to, to affect that arrest or issue a citation or whatever. So it's not that we don't want to help you. It's sometimes we just don't have the, we just don't have enough to take action. We don't have so the authority. We and, don't have the authority. To and take often action. your frustrations are our frustrations. 100%. It was the feral cat question. Cause we do have um, the f- animal control. Hi, Stanley. We miss you. Everybody misses Stanley. Um, the feral question. Can anything be done about neighbors and feral cats? Yeah, so um, we have an animal control um, unit, and um, our supervisor does try to make what are called feral cat communities. And um, so that's something we you just call us, and we can, we can work that out. Um, it's been successful. We like that. that. That's the best way to deal with that problem. All right. Thank you. Um, a real quick one from Sabrina. Does Indiana ban sky lanterns? What is a sky lantern? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. It's yes. a, it's a fire, fire fire code thing. Those are the paper lanterns that you light and they oh, float up just, into the sky. I just yes. learned that. Yes, that yeah, is Yeah, those a, those are banned across uh, most states in the nation, and yep. Indiana is included mm. in that ban because mm. they are a fire hazard. You cannot control where they're going to land or anything like that so hmm. yeah sorry ian you'll they're, have to well they're neat you'll have to they dispose of those yes okay here jay has something to say he says can you speak to the empathy and de-escalation training that lpd officers receive it seems that the department is better trained than most departments countrywide what separates lpd from others in this specific characteristic expectations our, our, our administration has huge expectations for us to be empathetic and de-escalate issues I would say that sets us apart from many other agencies. It really does come from the top down. And we, we do uh, diversity training on, we just had one on um, people with mental illness, autism. So we have standards and training yearly on different topics like that. So we're, we're handling situations appropriately. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure we're, we're helping the public. Uh, jail's not always the answer for things. So um, we want to make sure that we're, trained to the best of our abilities to handle every problem we can get. I guess real quick, if I want to add to that, you know, I've been here all my life. This is home to me. So the people when we, the citizens that we're, I don't want to say dealing with, but interacting, with. interacting with, thank you. You know, they're a part of this community. So they're going to see my face again. They're going to see these guys' faces again. And we all need to, again, live in harmony. So, you know, any way we can de-escalate a situation and make things better, we're not always looking to affect an arrest. If we have to, we will. Um, but we live here as well. So we want it to be as safe and, and as beautiful as, as you do. 
So right, you you live here. You are members of the community. Absolutely. And as a close, well, okay. So I was married to a cop. My husband was a cop for 32 years. There is no other profession that is scrutinized 24-7 and held up to public standards. And uh, people are recording police officers every moment of every day. You can't do anything without it being watched and commented on. And I would like to commend you all for your wonderful behavior and your high standards. And, you know, I'll add to that, though. We signed the dotted line. We we wanted to be police officers. We wanted to do this. And I'm confident that our partners, even if there was no camera there, are going to be making the right decision. So it, it, thank you for that. But, you know, we take pride in what we do. I, I truly believe that, you know, this is a calling and that not everybody can be a police officer. Um, and, again, take pride in that. And I, I'm confident that regardless of cameras or anything else, our, our partners are making the, the right decisions because they want to, because they, because of morals and pride, right? Yes. Oh, I have a tendency to just want to talk. <laughs> Colby would like to know, what can or is LPD doing to use drones or remote cameras to monitor high crime areas? We, we're, we're looking into that technology. We have utilized technology from other agencies. The county has a, a robust program that we have utilized, especially in traffic crash investigations. We had two serious traffic crashes recently that we utilized the uh, county's UAS program. And so it's definitely something that is a huge value to law enforcement. And it's uh, definitely something that we We'll continue to examine, and, and hopefully we can move forward on that sometime in the, in the near future. It, it's there's some concerns about that technology and and how that's used by the government, and so the, the one of the biggest things we have to overcome are those those concerns and, and how we protect citizens' rights. Obviously, that that's the most important thing for us, and when we look at that type of technology. Thank you, Will. That's a nice segue into the next question. What tech is coming to the department, and do you work with other agencies to solve crimes? So one of the, the very, very preliminary things we're working on is an online reporting system that's, that helps the user. So um, in an instance where you have a property crime or something that you do not necessarily want to wait around for a police officer to come to or have a question, this online reporting it would be an app-based or web-based, both actually, um, and you can ask your question, you can follow your report, and that's going to help uh, people, I think, with time because a lot of times you call the police, maybe you had a, something stolen, you don't want to wait around, you have to go to work or whatever, you can get online and make that report yourself. We get it, we give you feedback, and if there's further investigation, we have the ability to do that. So it, it's very new, but that's one thing we're really excited about because that's going to also help give us more time to to send our resources to places where they might be needed. So maybe... Uh, speeding vehicles in neighborhoods that we get complained about a lot or drug issues, we can send our resources there and people can help us by um, making those, those simple reports online. And uh, so we're, we're looking at maybe a, a rollout of two or three years on that, but the first phase of that will hopefully come here pretty quick. And do you work with other agencies? Uh, yeah, so the, these we look for outside tech agencies to facilitate these kind of things. We don't have in-house people that can build this that I know of. But um, 
other agencies as far as law enforcement agencies? Uh, law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we all. That's one thing great about this community is that everybody gets along so well. So um, all city leaders seem to get along, even if they don't agree with everything. They have conversations in ways that um, move things forward and help. The, the best interest of the citizens is in the um, eyes of all of our leaders at this point, I think. So, and that goes for police departments too. And to go a little bit farther on the the uh, technology side, I think they're also going to find some additional technology when it comes to analytics and how we use that information. Uh, there's no, everybody in the police department, probably in the, in the city government knows that our chief is very much big on technology. He's very big on analyzing data to identify and respond to problems. That's one of the cornerstones of, of his administration um, that I've seen so far. So we, we definitely look for new ways to collect that data, analyze it, and use it so we can reduce crime and help citizens uh, help themselves. Be more efficient and effective. Definitely using data and technology to be efficient and effective. Thank you. How many canine units do do we currently have? Are all of the canine units we have trained for just drugs and officer protection, or are they trained in other areas too? I think there's seven I'm not. Dogs. I there's seven. Well, while you guys are figuring out how many dogs we have, because I honestly don't know. I think there's seven. All <laughs> I believe, seven. and correct me if I'm wrong, all of our dogs are narc dogs, so they can smell drugs, and then also bite dogs, and actually search. They all search. So search has bomb dogs. Search. Who does? County has. And then county, yes, county has the bomb dogs. I believe. Does Purdue have a bomb dog? I think it just retired. Did he? So we do not have. I think we do not have a bomb dog. Um, but but those that agencies is, help us. It goes back to the prior question and how we Working work with, with other, other agencies. agencies. It's definitely a shared responsibility, and then we share those. Re- they they are willing to share those resources with us. So we don't have a bomb dog, but we know that we we can rely on the county's Absolutely. bomb task force to respond and assist us when needed. Thank you. And then the hit team actually has, I don't believe their dog is a bite dog. It's, it's a highway interdiction, nar- team. highway interdiction team. Yeah. They also have one. So. Okay. Here's you a question. how many dogs we have? AJ still counting. We have six. Six, six dogs. Six. Six dogs. And they are one of the best tools that we have at this police department. Everybody loves their dogs. Everybody loves dogs. And technically they're officers, correct? Yep. They are officers. They're canine officers. Canine officers. Joe has a question about panhandling out by Meyer. He notices some familiar faces when he drives out there. What, when does LPD get involved, and how is it handled? So for the last two years, we've worked in crime prevention with um, the city economic development unit or division. And the, the, the short answer is the people out at Myers and have those signs up are not homeless people. They are panhandling. Do not give them money. That is the that is the basic thing that we can tell people do not give panhandlers money and what we tell people in these these meetings with economic development because we do a lot of outreach is why give somebody pennies or dimes when you can go down to transitional housing somewhere and the services in Lafayette and get hundreds of dollars so um, those people have have probably driven to that location there's no houses around there and put up a sign to scam people and get money so I would highly suggest you not give money to those people with signs out at those locations that you see them in bigger cities they come off the highway and they park there and and try to panhandle so that is not a um something we want in our community so 
they will they'll stay there if you give them money. So I suggest you highly do not give them any money. But they pull on my heartstrings. And they do. Um, the reality is, is I've I've dealt with cases before where people have Mustang. You know, they they park their Mustang around the corner and get out with their sign and um, panhandle. So a lot of times these people are not. On, down on their luck they are just doing that to get money that's their way to survive uh, that's their job is to panhandle to get money now we do have homeless people downtown that um, are in need of services a lot of times that's deals with mental illness or substance abuse and we have services for those people so i suggest you get a hold of Ad, um, adam murphy at economic development and he can help guide um, anybody wanting to help or those kind of people into a facilities or housing or help to, to alleviate that problem. Great. In the general information section, when should I call police after an accident? And if I don't call the police, what information should be included in the information exchange? I suppose this is that's, one for me. This is, that's, sure, that's Will, you, you can take this one, Will. <laughs> Anytime that there's an injury or serious damage to a vehicle, something where vehicles are not able to move from the roadway, definitely you'll want to call the police. Any crash, we will we will respond and investigate. If you don't want the police there, if it's a minor collision, feel free to exchange the information with the other driver. We always recommend take a few photos of the crash and the vehicles involved. Make sure you get your vehicles out of the roadway so that you're not putting yourself in additional harm and you're not putting other motorists at risk. Once you're off that roadway, exchange your name, driver's license information, and insurance information. Really, there's nothing on your uh, driver's license that is terribly secret. If you want to put your thumb over your photograph, put your thumb over your address, take a picture of your driver's license or take a picture of the other person's driver's license and exchange them that way, that's always a good way. Use that same phone to take a picture of the insurance card. That's a good way to exchange that information and make sure you have it. Is that it? Yeah. Was thank that you. Yes. Good job. Thanks, buddy. That's right. So is there a dollar limit on when it needs to be reported? There's a dollar limit when we have to report it to the state of Indiana. So if you're in a crash or another motorist is in a crash and you feel it okay to exchange that information and that's the way you decide to manage that, that's okay. Once we respond to the crash and we begin to investigate if it reaches a certain dollar limit, then we are required to make that report and send it to the state of Indiana. Sometimes we will respond to your crash and we won't make a report However, that doesn't mean that that's, we've minimized that particular event. It just means that it hasn't risen to the level of making a report and sending it to the state. We can provide that exchange for you, make it quicker for you, quicker for us, and more efficient. Thank you. Sandy had a follow-up question about panhandling and asks, asks if the city has ordinances against panhandling. Yes, Sandy, the city does have city code that addresses panhandling and if you go to our uh, website the city code you can uh, search on panhandling and see that code there so there's also a state law but it's it's really difficult to enforce that because you have to be a certain time of day and has to be within a certain time of a business it's really a difficult um, misdemeanor to to enforce Mm -hmm. so there so we try to 
um, deal with this problem by asking people to, to not panhandle first and then kind of step our levels up. Again, it doesn't help to put people that are panhandling in jail because oftentimes uh, the ones that are really in need don't have money to, you know, that, that's just not a good solution. So we try to um, guide these people into a way where they can get resources and help versus, you know, jail or things like that because that's not a good solution. Right, and the police are charged with enforcing some of the city code if it's criminal behavior. The city code is enacted by city council, and so anytime this, a citizen wants to, I mean, I'm answering this because Sandy asked, "How do we get city code changed?" City council is the one that that sets that, and at every city council meeting every month, which is on the first Monday of the month. And those agendas are published on our website as well. You, there is a time for public comment. If you don't have the opportunity to speak to your city council member ahead of time, uh, the end of every meeting allows for city public comment to come up and, and state your case and, and discuss things. And I will tell you that the city council members are very responsive to the to the community. They're, that's why they're here. They're here to serve, and that's how they serve. Uh, Okay, we have another question about parking in fire lanes, specifically uh, Payless on 231. Seems to be the worst offenders, people park in fire lanes. I will tell you that's – That's accurate? Uh, no, 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 they're everywhere parking okay, in fire so lanes. Okay, so that's a citywide offense. So what, what are the purpose of fire lanes and what are the penalties for parking there? So, well, the purpose is for emergency vehicles to be able to respond and get up there where they need to be to, well, obviously, fire trucks to take care of fire, the police to take care of police action. That's the whole purpose uh, of the fire lane to be there is if there's an emergency, we can get up there and take care of it. What I found is is uh, that people, they park there, and unfortunately, it's one of those, oh, they're doing it, so I'm going to do it, and then, and then there's no action. And yeah. I'm, so, yeah, and, and I'm only going in for a minute. Well... So one of my partners used to work at one of the local grocery stores. He, When I was an FTO, he was my recruit, and he was like, people park there all day long. I want to go enforce it at this grocery store. So we went there, and we started right inside, especially if they parked their car and went inside. And one person, when they came out, we gave him, I believe it was a $50 ticket. It's a $50 ticket, I believe. Um, and uh, the, the person was like, Oh, I was only going in for a minute. And my recruit said it best. He's like, well, nobody goes into a grocery store to hang out all day. And I'm like, you're right. Everybody's just going in there to get something real quick to come out, you know. So please don't park in the fire lanes. Everybody's going inside the grocery stores to grab something real quick to go home. Uh, you know, handicap spots are for folks that, that truly need it. So please don't park in those spots either unless you have a handicap placard and uh, it's for you. It doesn't – 20 feet, 30 feet extra to walk up there is not a big deal. So please don't. We do enforce it when we have the time, and you will get a $50 ticket. So, All right. We have I – I have a follow-up, a final question. But before that, I don't want Miranda to think we're ignoring her because she's trying to ask, ask in a respectful manner – when are we going to start cleaning up Lafayette? We've got people around ODing on drugs. Now, this is probably its own podcast, yes. but um, and we have done can we just address this quickly? 
Yeah, yeah, it's got a lot of, lot of moving parts to it, but um, the heroin epidemic is something that the whole country's dealing with, and it hasn't escaped Lafayette. Uh, we are, like, Will said, leveraging any technology we can to make sure we're providing the best service possible to handle quality of life issues. And that's from the mayor down. Um, I know city council, I know Greater Lafayette Commerce always talks about quality of life, and that's important to us because, um, quite honestly, a, a police department can be an economic driver of a community. It's how businesses come here and people live and um, work and go to school. So those things are important to us, and a lot of it comes to the community. If they can connect with us. That's why we have crime prevention. That is our ears and our eyes is our community members. So we're all in this together. And that's why we have an outreach unit. That's why we do a podcast is to connect with people, to give them the assistance and help and help us solve these problems. So the uh, heroin epidemic, the opioid epidemic is not going away anytime soon. That solution is going to be community-based. It's not going to be a law enforcement problem only. And we do have detectives, drug task force, and a street crimes unit that are out there every day that are dealing with this, that are making arrests. And those arrests and that information coming into those investigations starts with the community. If you have questions about how you need to get involved, if you see something, call dispatch, call the We Tip hotline, put that information out there because without that information, we can't be effective in policing the community. But we do have detectives and officers that are out there every day that that is their specific mission and they are very successful with what they're doing. Thank you. Now, to finish up, Angela would like to know when you're going to jump on the lip sync bandwagon. I'm pretty sure talking you have to it. be challenged by another it. department. Is that is that how it works? I, can I vote for never? <laughs> I'm out. Ian will be really good. Ian will be really good. Just got to tell him keep his shirt on. Does the challenge have to come <laughs> from another department? No idea. About that, I don't know. I've seen a few of those, and um, I'm too embarrassed to watch them. I get too embarrassed to watch them. Yeah, there are some that are uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's some great ones out there, and I I think we have some untapped talent. Ian's already been looking into it. They were trying to rope me into it the other we, day. We we have been uh-huh. looking at it. So stay tuned, I guess. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Good enough for me. All right. Thank you. Does uh, would you like to uh, wrap this up? Yeah, Sergeant. Mention our social media and wrap it up. Absolutely. So, as always, hit us up on Nextdoor, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Am I missing one? Uh, hit our podcast. We'll, up, we'll upload this podcast so you can listen to it again um, or share it with somebody at iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this special edition of Inside the Squad. And I'm not going to lie, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought this was fun. We can do I it mean, again. If, we can uh, definitely do it again if, if, you, if you folks uh, liked it as well. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside the Squad from the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe for new ones on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question for the show, you can email it to podcast at lafayette.in.gov or connect with us on Nextdoor, Twitter, and on our website, lafayettepolice.us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Inside the Squad.